0: Lovely that's a game-breaker! Blau und weiß ein Leben lang! Hallo meine Leute, wie geht's? Welcome zum the only Shaka podcast, Auf English. That's right, folks. Officially, the world's only English Shaka podcast for the fans, and the only, only podcast that comes to you live from Twitch. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Thank you for tuning back to our show. Shaka fans are some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to English-speaking fans of the club, and get their point of view across, and get our point of view across. As always, joining me on the show is co-host Jack Mangan. How are you doing, Jack? Glad to be back in another Victory Monday podcast. Just kidding. <laughs> Victory Monday for somebody, but not us, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah uh, how was your weekend minus Schalke?
1: It was good. Nice little holiday weekend. I had I had Friday off of work, and uh, Saturday I caught some uh, some live soccer action that went better for the teams I was supporting than uh, than Schalke did in, in in Germany, so that was fun. Got to see some. Uh, it finally the weather's finally turned. It was it was blue skies most of the weekend. You know mid sixties seventies that kind of thing. So uh, Chicago has emerged from from its disgusting winter nastiness. So that that, that was good. How about you, man?
0: Uh, it was a good weekend. I went, I was traveling. I went to uh, Pittsburgh uh, not to watch any games or anything, just for family stuff. So I uh, spent a lot of time in the vehicle, which was not fun. But at least it wasn't my nine hour trip to Columbus. So I got yeah. that going for me, and the weather was nice, like you said. So, um, But we're back. Uh, we watched some Schalke, and then uh, now we're going to talk about it. Uh, it was certainly an interesting matchup. Um, you know, the game was in Velton's Arena to start. Let's start with that. Uh, the colors, thankfully, Hoffenheim didn't line up with their blue kits as well because that would have been yeah. very confusing for us. might have helped us, actually. Um, but they showed up with their orange, their orange kits. It was actually pretty nice. Uh, but... Um, Looking at the line, let's just get right into the lineups of this one for Schalke and for both teams, really. Uh, but let's, uh, for, so for the host, we had uh, Nubel obviously, in net. Uh, in defense, we had Stambouli, Sané, and Astasic. Uh, we went with a 3-5-2. Uh, so your midfield five were uh, Omar Mascarell, Daniel Kalagiri, Suat Serder, Weston McKinney back in the lineup, and Jonas Carls. Uh, and then leading the way was Imbolo and Berkstahler. So uh, before we get to McKinney, uh, Jonas Carls, we got the youngster in the lineup. Uh, Stevens seems to like some youngsters, um, but it's good to see uh, Carls in this game. He actually did pretty well, I thought.
1: Yeah, young Jonas Carls, or as I call him, Carls Jr.
0: Hey, hey, hey.
1: That's a joke that only our American listeners are going to get, and even they won't find it funny, so don't worry about it. Um <laughs> That was a really bad joke. Uh, yeah, uh, another another youngster coming through the ranks here. Um, this is not one that I'm actually particularly familiar with. I really need to do a better job watching uh, you know, the youth sides and the reserve sides. I haven't been super familiar with that name, um, as you are sometimes with certain players that you kind of know are right on the cusp of, of, of making a breakthrough. Right. Um, yeah, but that was an interesting inclusion. Uh, Hoop Stevens is certainly not shy of uh, bringing some youngsters in at this point in the season, when it's when it's critical, we get results. We've seen, you know, Bujaleb get a get a run on the side here recently. Um, so he, he's not purely going with experience, which is interesting to see.
0: Yeah. Um, and then when you look over to the bench as well, there's some names that we know and some names that um, we were wondering why they're not there. First of the names that are on the bench, uh, Sebastian Rudy, Ralph Fairman, Bastion Ochipka, uh, Jeffrey Bruma, Amin Harit, Robbie Matando, and Bujaleb, uh, two names that were um, omitted from that list, Jack, uh, the father of the Free katuchu movement. Um, yes, sir. Was, Kattucu was not in the lineup as, uh, at all on the bench, and neither was Bentaleb.
1: Yeah, as you say, Jack Mangan, the founder of the hashtag Free Kattucu movement on Twitter, uh, please join the cause. It's an important cause. Yes. Um, yeah, Hoop Stevens, as we've discussed previously, hates Ahmed katuchu Don't know why. Um, I thought he has looked like one of the brightest, if not the brightest, um, player for us basically since he started coming into the fold you know, around the halfway point this season. He was somebody that Tedesco gave an opportunity to, uh, and I think most of the time he's made an appearance, he's been you know one of the difference makers for us. Uh, for whatever reason, Hoop Stevens has not seen it that way, has given him a much more limited role in the, in, in the side. You've seen guys like Bujaleb get more minutes then uh katuchu since that coaching change took over and um obviously you know the the ben slip saga continues we never know where he's going to be week to week and and why but um so apparently there was it it had come out that they were one of them was injured one of them was sick that katuchu was ill and that's why um he was unable to i don't know if hoop Stevens specifically said that or that's what the club was saying what was going on but um you know i was complaining about it on twitter as i as i'm wont to do and uh you know, I was told by several people, oh, he's ill. Well, he played for the U19s today and scored a two goals and an assist, I believe. Um, so it wasn't that ill, because he was fine a couple days later. Um, and it came out yesterday during some media availability, apparently, that uh, Katushu said that he wasn't ill and he was totally fine and available for the match. So, who knows what's going on there. Uh, but, once again, disciplinary issues, I- I'm not sure, but in my opinion, Katuchu has to be at least on the bench yeah. in pretty much every game going forward. I think he should be starting over Guido Bergstahler. Not to be fair to Bergstaller, I thought he had a, a better match than we've seen from him recently. But I, I still would prefer Katuchu somewhere in the team doing something because he's just that much of a difference maker for us despite his youth. Um, so just super frustrating to continue to see some of our bigger, more impactful names not getting the minutes in crucial matches, when we absolutely need to pick up results, what's your take on it?
0: I agree with you 100%. Um, this is a guy who should be in the lineup, as well as Bentaleb. Um, in 2019, we've only scored three goals from at home. I think Katuchu has one of those goals, at least. So um, We have no offense. We need offense, and Katuchu and is the one player who's been uh, playing his butt off, uh, no matter what position he's in. Um, and 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 doing good things for Schalke. So I don't know what the reasoning is. As you said, you know Andreas Ernst uh, is the one who said that uh, Katucha is the one who said uh, you know, neither him or Bentaleb were sick or ill. So um, yeah. I don't know what's going on there. But he needs to start, and so does Bentaleb. Because now there's no there's no team in between us and Stuttgart for that last uh, relegation playoff spot, and we need to get to all the points we can, and we got them on the Horizons. and I do not want to go into that game three points up on them. Yeah. Uh,
1: the one thing I will say is that uh the Bentaleb the lack of inclusion of him was not as big of a deal because of the return of of Weston McKinney. Um yeah. if McKenney hadn't been available then maybe we see Sebastian Rudy <laughs> again for some reason. <laughs> um but luckily Weston McKenney apparently has, you know, superhuman uh recuperative abilities because Wolverine. you know, yeah, despite that nasty nasty ankle injury in the international break that we kind of all expected him to miss the season because of the rest of the season. Um, He was back and fit in about a month. So uh, awesome to see him back in the lineup. That's huge for us going forward for the few games that we have left. um, I I think everyone would agree that, you know, he's one of the first names on the team sheet if he's fit. So that, that was a big pickup. Um, Yeah. And then he was in a partnership with, with Mascarell uh, with uh, Suat Serdar, uh, ahead of them. So rather than sort of like, you know, masquerade by himself in like a deep six or something, he was kind of partnered with McKenny. although McKenny did get forward more. And then Cerdo was uh, not really in like a cam position, but he was a little bit more of an advanced midfielder, which was an interesting look to see
0: from that. It was good to see McKenny back. I mean, he obviously had had some a little bit of rust on him because he hasn't played in a few games, but um, he was obviously instrumental um Player, especially in the air when balls are in the air, he's one of the one of the guys who goes always gets them. Absolutely. Um, but he's a, he's that bulldog in the midfield. He's really that he's really the team mascot, if you will, because he he is probably the most consistent player this season. He's probably the best player they've had this season um because of the consistency. So um it's good. It's great to see him back in the lineup. And and, and the lineup was interesting. It's curious. I mean, we have been going with a, a three man defense here for the last you know whatever. But um we were matching Hoffenheim, you know. Player for player, for, or player for player in terms of position, because uh, they came out with a, a 3-5-2 as well. Bauman and Net, bichacic um, Volk and Hubner in defense. In the midfield, you had Grilich, Kajerbeck, Amiri, Deberbay. uh Schultz, who's a who's become a, a lock in the left left back position for Joachim Milov.
1: Nico Schultz, new new public enemy because of his move to Dortmund, so now we hate Nico Schultz. Keep that yes, in
0: mind. Yes, absolutely. And then uh, up, top, up top, Belfodil and Kramerich, two, uh, two lethal strikers this season, 15, 16 goals you know, with each of them. So, um, yeah, it was not going to be an easy game no matter what going to this game, and they were in form as well. Um, they had some big victories as of late. I think they beat Augsburg maybe 4-0 recently, or somebody, they beat somebody 4-0. So um, they've been they've been playing really well.
1: Yeah, Hoffenheim, similar to last season, suddenly making a, a a last minute push for Champions League action.
0: Yeah,
1: which you know they still have th- I think there's a three point gap between them and Frankfurt in fourth. I want to say, don't quote me on that.
0: Three but, points. Um, yes, three points.
1: Few games left. Still, uh, you know, if Frankfurt continues to uh, drop some points here, which they've been doing, I think they've dropped five of their last six available points uh who knows hoffenheim might be able to slide in there so once again props to uh julian nagelsmann for finding a way to to mount a uh you know a late game rally here
0: yeah and um you know it's it's his last uh, i guess hurrah before leaving the club for yeah. rb leipzig so um i guess he wants to end it on a good note and um yeah it was uh, an interesting start to the game because i thought we actually had a good start uh compared to the previous games a uh, good possession at the beginning it kind of um It looked like Hoffenheim were were content with counterattacking the game. Um, And then about maybe like the 10-minute mark, Hoffenheim began pressing the ball um, and putting some more impetus on their defense to get it out. We saw some more mistakes were coming out. But you would expect that when a team begins pressing, no matter who's pressing, uh, when a team's under pressure like that, you tend to get more turnovers than not.
1: Yeah, the pressing wasn't – it was more a little bit situational for me. I don't think they were like really going that hard on it you know, yeah. consistently. Um, I think a lot of the first half, they were totally fine to sit back. And, and like you said, potentially try to hit on the counter um, watching this match. So I actually just watched this match a little bit ago. I was um, on Saturday. I was watching soccer, the local soccer uh, here in Chicago. And so I wasn't able to watch the, uh, the Shalco match as it was happening live, but I was following it on Twitter and uh, you know, seeing the scoreline and then a lot of the negative comments uh i was fully expecting to to watch this match and just be you know further down my depressive spiral about the state of this team but that wasn't really the experience i had at all particularly watching the first half because i thought it, it i mean at least for the first half hour and probably for the entire first half schalke were the better team and it wasn't particularly close i thought they were much more convincing in a lot of different ways, and in ways we haven't seen from them recently. So, I mean, part of the problem, um, and this is what's so uncharacteristic about it because this is like the opposite of what we were last year. I mean, yeah. it, it, it's very simple, It's just, but it's just effort. Um, and, you know, m- making those runs for the 50-50 balls and getting an extra possession here and there, that kind of stuff. Also just, you know, um, dictating the pace of the game. Rather than letting the opponent dictate it and take over, and a little bit more creativity on the offensive end, um, coming up with you know interesting runs and, and you know passes that are creating more opportunities for us in the final third. I saw all of that in the first first half, and um, somehow by the end of it, and we'll get to this. You know, we were we were down by two goals, but um, yeah, I mean it, it was it was a very different performance that we've seen from them recently, and uh, I, I thought you know, the early minutes of this match were, were very partnering.
0: I wonder if they were boosted by the fact that uh, we had some good news before the match and that Augsburg completely uh, destroyed Stuttgart 6 nothing. So you had that cushion and maybe they were just relaxed. Okay, we can relax a little bit. You know, they've got, there's a loss we can deal with so we can just play our game or maybe just Hoffenheim were just trying to draw them in and, and, and get them a little bit more open and then go after and attack them. I don't know, but whatever it was, Schalke were doing well because between the 16th and the 23rd, 24th minute, uh, I thought Schalke had some good possession, like you were saying. Uh, they're really getting a lot of opportunities to score. It kind of started with Imbolo kind of trying to influence himself into the match. Um, and then from there on, the, the team just was like wave after wave of opportunities and staying in the, in the Hoffenheim zone. Um, Caligiri, and I think the 22nd or 23rd minute, minute, uh, had a free kick. Burkseller got a shot off. Um, that was saved. So, um, good a good spell for Schalke, but uh, wouldn't you know it? We get a good possession and they punch us in the mouth with one shot. Uh, in the twenty-fifth minute off a noble, you know, kickoff or whatever. Um, uh, great play by by Hoffenheim to you know to to score out of nothing really. Belfodil will give it to Amiri, Amiri give it back to Belfodil. Uh, he would nutmeg uh, Nastasic, whether it was intentional or not. He'd probably tell you it was intentional. Uh, but then lets off a rocket of a shot past Nubel. Uh I mean, that Nuble reacted like five seconds after the shot. I mean, that's how powerful and fast it came. Uh, but a, a great goal by Belfodil. And really, like like I was saying, it was out of nothing because it was all Schalke at that point.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I, I think Schalke were fairly dominant up to that point And then as you say completely against the run of play really out of nothing uh they concede and there wasn't much that they did wrong on that play either as you say it came from a goal kick so it was booted you know past the midfield line by Nuble. uh hoffenheim win the header and it's just a couple quick passes as you say uh Belfodil unintentionally megs i think it was just not that she said yeah um he, he took like a, a kind of an errant first touch that ended up benefiting him and then I mean, credit to him. It was an absolutely brilliant finish. He just lasered it, and Nuble really didn't have much time to react to it. He can't really put much of the blame on him. It was a one-on-one with the keeper, and he just – you know, Belfodil drilled it. But, um, yeah, it was definitely a slap in the face. It was a total shock because, as, as you said, um, you know, controlling the play to that point, we had more opportunities, and then, you know, w- w- without really looking like they had any momentum going or that they were going to build anything, they suddenly are 1-0 ahead. So that was um, – you know, for the supporters in the stadium, I'm sure that was very much a you know here we go again kind of moment. But um, as I said before, I mean overall it was still a fairly positive performance up to that point. I mean, I think the final ball was lacking from Schalke, which is obviously a problem. But even that is an improvement over where we've been for most of the season, which is not even in position to play a final ball. Um, we we definitely had more dangerous looks around the box where if, you know, one final pass had gone on we could have made something out of it. So that was, that was certainly a positive to take away.
0: <laughs> there was a funny tweet and I don't remember who sent it out. Uh, but it was basically Schalke in the final third, and some guy who's running towards the water tries to jump over the the fence and just crashes into the fence because he can't get there. Yeah. So uh, that, it does encapsulate uh, Schalke's offensive uh, woes this season. But um, you know to Schalke's credit, and I was curious how they would react after that goal. They nearly to responded immediately with uh, Swat Serdar. Yeah, um, he gets a ball into. Uh, it would like it was going for Burkseller for whatever reason Burkseller left it for, I guess, embolo or whomever, instead of taking I'd like to see Burkseller take that shot or try to try to get the ball and, and score there. I get he's being unselfish, but man, you gotta be selfish sometimes.
1: So I referenced some of the tweets that I saw early into that match when I was following it. Um that were super negative, and I'm assuming this is the play that they were talking about. And to be fair, it is it is a bad play. Sarah does very well to get a ball in and I think it's probably because it's a little bit behind Bergstahler, yeah, yeah. and he and Bergstahler knows that Imbolo is running in behind him, that he he leaves it for him, but he doesn't really communicate that to Imbolo. and I'm sure that Mbolo didn't expect Bergstahler to not have a go at that, because he was in a great position. And so in the end, the ball just kind of rolls, and they're both looking at each other like, I thought you were going to get it, and um, it's a horrible missed opportunity. I mean, like, it, it, the situation we're in, just somebody hit it, Please. You have a free ball in the box. Just I don't care who it is, and I mean, it, just put your laces through it and try to get something on goal. So yeah, a very bad missed opportunity there. Easily should have been an on-target shot, if not a goal from that, because um, it was it was a great it was a great chance. And can't blame people for for being upset about that one. I, I certainly was when I was watching that game back.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, it was a little upsetting at that point because you're saying, like you said, take take the freaking shot and uh, don't pass it up because you don't. Yeah. Know. Especially us, we haven't had that many opportunities this year, it seems like. Yeah, we, we can't afford to be that cute. No. At this no. point in the season. The
1: opportunities have been so far and few between. Just I mean, when you get someone like that, just you gotta just jump on it. And it was it was too, you know, they were trying to be a little bit too fancy with it and that was that was frustrating. But I, I think it, you know, at least we had the opportunity. That's right. that's the good thing.
0: <laughs> I think the problem was that, you know, the shock of Twitter kept showing the, the Karani highlights and all those wonderful goals from the from the past that the guys must have been watching that, like, oh we can do that too, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but uh, you know, one of the guys involved in that play, Suat Serdar, I thought you know up to this point and really in the game, he had actually had a good game. He's a lot, he's but I mean, attacking a lot more than he had been in the, in the beginning of the season, um, trying to really influence the game more. Um, still has some finishing he needs to do, but it's getting better. Uh, he's yeah, take over games.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've been saying that. I, I thought his, I, I feel like his second half has been significantly better than his first half. He's had a couple yeah. games where he's been, you know, one of our better players, he scored a couple goals here. Um, I thought he had some quiet stretches in this one, points of time where he disappeared for a little bit too long and wasn't really involved in a whole lot, but he definitely had some moments that stood out and that you remembered um, setting some things up for teammates. So, And he almost he actually almost had a goal later in the match. He hit the crossbar um, later into it. But, uh, yeah, so he, he's continued to look bright, and, uh, you know, maybe it's a little bit too late. Given where we are in the season, at this point we would have liked to see that earlier, but you know, better late than never, I guess. And uh, it's good to see somebody that we thought had a lot of promise early in the season finally starting to show some signs of of, of what that promise was all about.
0: Yeah, and and so the, the score did remain one nothing for the longest times in the first half, and then we had an opportunity, another good opportunity uh, in the forty fourth or so, and it was a breakout. I don't remember who the player was with Carl's uh, Jonas Carl's, but Carl's made, made his great run from the from the left back position. Uh, gets the ball up and, and he's, he's looking to try to cross it into the to the center of the box for the, either Imbolo or Burksall or whomever down there. Uh, unfortunately, his cross was right to Bauman and kind of like muffed the play. And and unfortunately for us, uh, we got we were made to pay for that mistake because uh, seconds later, Cranmerch would end up scoring a goal uh, off a off a play between from Demerby who made a great pass to to find a streak in Crammerich. Uh, he powered another shot, another powerful shot uh, by Hoffenheim past Nuble and two nothing just like that at halftime. Uh, a kick in the mouth, really. Uh, a goal, a, a a play of the first half that we were we felt good about, you know, especially compared to the Nuremberg match last week. Even though it was a draw, I thought we played much better in this game, and uh, to get kicked in the mouth twice like that uh, when we thought we were doing really well, uh, it sucked. So I could be mistaken, but I, I think it
1: was McKenney that played that through ball. To Carl's, and it was a, it was an excellent.
0: Okay, yeah, it, it, probably, it sounds right. Yeah, I it was an excellent. Or, or what?
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I could, and I could be wrong about that. I, th- I thought it was McKenny, but it, it was a really good ball, and um, it was a good run from Carl's. You know, maybe just somebody more a little bit more experienced in that. He he definitely seemed in, in the final third to be a little bit um, what's the word, hesitant.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Wasn't really decisive with what he was doing, and played a couple balls that were that were errant. Um, wasn't really finding his his targets there, but. Uh, you know, good job of him to get in that position. Then, as you say, unfortunately, we get we get hit again. Incomprehensible to be down 2 0 at halftime, given the performance in the first half. Um, you know, even after that first goal, I think, as you say, we almost we almost hit back immediately and had a couple more chances. And I thought we still dominated the rest of that first half. And then, literally, right on the cusp of halftime, they get the second one. Um. This one, I do think there can be bl- some blame assigned, uh, as opposed to the first one, which was just a great individual effort from Belfadil. Uh, this one, and this has been this has been a thing all season, and it's actually it actually happened later in the game as well, which is what's so frustrating about it, um, is P- ball watching. That's all it is. Is center backs who should be far more aware of where their marks are are just watching the play happen a little bit in front of them, watching the ball, and yeah. they're not paying attention to runs being made. And this one wasn't even behind. the center. So Stambouli, <laughs> I think Kramaric is behind, or whoever it was, who, who scored this one? Was it Denver by
0: Kramaric,
1: yeah. Kramaric, yeah. Kramaric is behind Stambouli, but then runs in front of him. And even as he's kind of like on his way past him, Stambouli like, I don't I don't know if he didn't see him or what, but it's just like it doesn't even react to the yeah. fact that his man is now running by him, um, and he just slips in between. I think it was Sane and and Stambouli with neither of them seeming to care about the run that he's making. And it's it's far too easy, and it's it's a nice finish from Kramarz. I mean, like Hoffenheim were very efficient, they were super ruthless, but you can't give them these kind of opportunities, and, and so that was frustrating because that that's what it's been so often is it's an individual mistake from somebody. Um, you look at so many of these goals and you don't say this was just a total team collapse. This is awful defending on a team level. A lot of times it's it's just one guy that turns off for a split second, but that's all you need, especially against a team like Hoffenheim. It's a good team. Uh you know, you got to stay locked in for 90 minutes and just Stambouli just I mean I don't know what he was doing there. And Sani didn't do, I mean it's a little bit more excusable for Sonny because his back is to the play, but I mean he, you just can't be locked in on what's happening in front of you. You have to keep your head on the swivel and constantly keep track of of your mark. So, yeah, disappointing, and that was that was particularly cool because it was right before halftime and probably changed the team talk from Hoop mm-hmm. Stevens a little bit because um, it, it definitely made it a little bit more difficult to speak positively of the first half performance, what I thought was overwhelmingly positive for Shaco despite the scoreline.
0: Yeah, and and I'm agreeing with you that it was a ultimately a positive first half despite the two goals. Um, it, this is certainly better than they have been playing as of lately. So, um, yeah, it sucks. And I, I'm sure the the uh, the team talk or the prep or the pep talk, I should say, uh, was going to be a little difficult for 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 Stevens. But I think he must must have pushed the right buttons because they started off the second half kind of like the way they they ended the first half and. Um, they were in the, the offensive end for the, uh, the, beginning of the the beginning of the second half, uh, trying to get some shots off. Uh, in the 53rd or something like that, Bergstauder wins a free kick for being aggressive and, and, and trying to hold the ball up at the edge of the box. At least the Calagiri cross, uh, the ball ended up bouncing around. McKinney ends up getting a header on it, uh, and then it gets cleared off the line by two defenders but really was vaulted. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was chaos in the, chaos in Hoffenheim uh, in front of their net, and McKenna nearly got it. That's why he's in the game. That's why we like him so much because he finds the headers. He cannot jump everybody. It seems like, um, and he and he nearly got one there.
1: Yeah, I mean another day that might have gone in. It certainly bounced around enough. Uh, just unfortunate that no one was really able to get a definitive touch to it. And as you said, it was cleared off the line by Hoffenheim. But I, I agree with you. I think we came out uh, starting the second half. Much the same way we we you know played in the first half, which was which was good to see. Um, and as I said earlier, a lot of it's just like I mean, I particularly want to mention Mbolo, and the work rate that Brell Mbolo showed. Uh, you know, when he lost possession, he he tracked back and immediately pressed and tried to win the ball back. And you yep. know, he was he was running after so many things. He, there's a couple of times even on defense when he's back kind of near the box and there's a loose ball, he's sprinting forward to get it. Um, that is just what we haven't seen a lot recently. And uh, I mean, yeah, there's there's a lot to criticize defensively in this performance overall. But I, I think if they put in more performances with that kind of effort, the fans are going to be more supportive. And it's going to be harder for the fans to to turn on them. Because at the end of the day, that's all we can really ask for is that you you, you come away from matching. You, you get the sense that... They care and effort has been shown and there's been far too many times in the midst of this whole relegation thing Where you watch a match and you really don't feel like that was the case at all But I think I think the effort was certainly unimpeachable today. There's just some really silly moments defensively, but um yeah, you know, I was concerned going into halftime that we'd come in the second half and be um, you know heads down and and, and Sort of uh, succumb to you know, the inevitability of the whole thing, uh, you know, yeah. putting in a good performance and, and being down two goals, but that wasn't the way. It is. And they came out and they tried again. And that was really, that was really positive to see.
0: It certainly was. And uh, it's a, it's a good sign, even though we lost uh, the way they kept they kept competing, really, really to the final whistle. Um, but we'll get to that. Um, a little note that in the 56 minute, former shocker player, Adam Salai came into the pitch for, for Huebner. Uh We all remember him when he was with us for a few years ago. Um, so, Anyway, he came in about a minute later. Uh, Caligiuri he get, he has a free kick attempt. Um, it goes wide. It's a wide shot, so it would have missed. But uh, Ballard makes a save, and it's big because it led to a corner kick. And uh, ensuing corner kick, uh, Caligiuri swings it in because he's always taking the kicks now. Um, and Bolo gets taken down in the box, or it looks like he fell in the box by Kajerbeck. Um, they go to VAR, and indeed, you can see. At first, I thought it was just a dive by him, and he, and he was getting a call. But you can see Kajerbek, Kajerbek, uh clearly takes off one of his feet. Um, a penalty is called, and Kaljuri steps up and, and nails a and nails a beautiful penalty kick. But uh, what did you make the play leading up to the to the goal? Yeah, I um. I was definitely not
1: convinced about it when it happened live. It, it looked to me that Imbolo slipped. Yeah, yeah, um and I had to see a couple different angles to to kind of be convinced otherwise. And I still think it was probably one of those calls where if they hadn't given it, I wouldn't have been too upset about it. But at the end of the day, there was contact on Imbolo's uh, planted leg, which may have caused him to, you know uh, slip out as a result of that. Um, and I think that's what VAR ultimately saw and decided that there was enough contact to warrant, um, you know, the reaction from Mbolo and that it was, you know, definitely... That that, that was the reason he fell down. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think Hoffenheim fans can be too aggrieved about about that decision. I think it probably, at the end of the day, was was the right decision.
0: Yeah, so I'm thinking, you know, a goal gets scored here with Calagiri, game on, right? Or so I thought... Um, the guy we just referenced who just got subbed in, um, in the 65th minute, just minutes later, uh, he would score a goal off a great cross from Belfort deal. Um, and when he scored the goal, he started to make some gestures at the crowd because he, he got booed when he when he came on. And then he held up the 5-0, which kind of signified the 50, 50 goals. So he is the first Hungarian player to score 50 goals in the Bundesliga. Uh, but yeah, you know they score a goal just like that. Um <sighs> What a, another kick in the mouth, and not only do they score right away after we score, but then uh, it's a former Shalca player who does it.
1: Yeah, it was a really nice penalty take from from Caligari, and we're all kind of feeling good about things. Got to go back, we're in the match, and then, as you say, shortly after that, it's uh, of all people, it's Adam Shalai who who puts it away. Um, he definitely gives you the impression that he still has a chip on his shoulder from his time at Shalka and feels aggrieved that he was, yeah. you know, let go. And I kind of wish he'd get over that a little bit because it's been a while, um, and he's had a great career without without us. So like, it's kind of just a weird mentality to have. But um, you you do have to say congratulations to him. He's the first Hungarian player to score 50 goals in the Bundesliga, which is quite an accomplishment. So um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm glad to see that he's continued to have a nice career. I don't wish him any ill will or anything, but um, let's talk about the uh, the defense on that one for a moment, shall we?
0: Uh, yes, please do.
1: Shalay is just kind of camped in the box. He's not moving. He's just standing there, and Belfodil somehow gets this cross off, and Shalay uh, is ultimately between the two defenders. S- like I think it was uh, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I think it was Sane and Caligiri. Caligiri, I, it just looks like he thinks that Sane is going to be able to track backwards into it and clear it, and S- Caligiri really makes no effort to challenge for it at all. And then meanwhile, Sane's kind of lost Shalay and doesn't exactly know where he is. And isn't able to get back to it. And at the end of the day, it's it's basically an unmarked, wide-open header for Jale and He puts it away. Um, and uh, it, once again, it, it's it's a defender kind of losing their mark. And then somebody else just kind of watching the play and not really feeling like they had to get involved in it. And uh, there's actually been a couple instances of Caliguri doing this yeah. in recent matches where he's kind of like on the back shoulder of something and could insert himself into the play and for whatever reason doesn't. I don't know if he is... Kind of waiting to like spring on the counter and doesn't want to get pulled in too far because he's, you know, he's trying to like get the rebound and and take it up the field or whatever. But like, if you're one of the guys that's in the vicinity of something, you just have to go for it. So just that, that, that goal in particular, I think was the cheapest one we had conceded up to that point. Um, I I think Kramerich's run, uh, for the second goal was better and more skillful than, than that Shalai goal was, which was just, I mean, if you let a striker of that caliber just stand in the box without any contact on a header, he's going to put it away more more times than not. So, disappointing. And then, yeah, three one. Um, just when we were thinking that we might have been turning the corner in this match.
0: Unfortunately, yeah. And then, uh, like I said, Sane couldn't even wasn't even. I don't know where he was a no man's land on that play. And then, so I guess it was a tap in header for the, for a goal. Uh, Belfield deal with a great cross in, but again, he should have been, someone should have been on top of him so he wouldn't prevent him from getting that cross. Um, And then the misery would continue for Shaka in terms of uh, giving up goals. In the 74th minute, Amiri kind of steals the ball from, I I think it was Stambuli, trying to make a pass to somebody, and he steals it. Uh, He literally slaloms through the entire team. Um, Ball somehow finds his way to Kramerich. Kramerich is unselfish because it backs up Amiri to finish off a play he started, and, and Amiri scores the goal. Again, the defense was non existent. I mean Amiri is doing what he wanted going down the pitch thinking he's Ronaldinho and um setting up that goal.
1: Yeah, Sane tries to go for an early slide to, to break up the play, and uh he's unsuccessful at that, which which makes it a little bit harder to defend it going forward because it's one less defender back um, you know, behind things. Uh Ultimately, I don't think the defending on this one was that bad. Maybe you can say that it was initially for them to allow the break in the first place. But once the break was on, I thought we did what we could. It was just a really smart pass um, when he when he holds his run ultimately and then passes it back across for, for the tap. And once Nubel had kind of committed to coming out a little bit, uh, it was just a smart piece of play there. And um, 4-1. And it's just weird, like I said, watching the match because you don't feel as though the performance from Schalke... Yeah. Was indicative of that kind of scoreline. Um, I mean, if you had told me before the match, I mean, I I'd actually, I mean, and I did know what the scoreline was before the match, and this was not at all what I was expecting. But um, so I don't really know how to feel about it ultimately. I, I think there's a lot of things that we can take that were positives from this, but at the end of the day, I mean, we just need results, plain and simple. And anytime you concede five goals, that's, I mean, how positive can you be about that? Because that's that's a, that's a very very bad. Defensive scoreline. Yeah,
0: yeah. and and even the announcers was saying during the game that, like, you know, if you're neutral, if you've never seen a Bundesliga game this year and you've watched, you were watching this game, you would not think Schalke was a a team fighting for a relegation spot the way they were playing uh, in this game. So
1: the scoreline. Shout out to, uh, shout out to friend of the podcast James Thoroughgood on the call for this one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Always,
1: always enjoy one of his calls.
0: That's right. So uh, James was uh, spot on there with uh, with the way the Schalke was playing, but uh, unfortunately still giving up goals, and the goals would not stop. Uh, f- six minutes later or so, uh, Belfodil will score a brace. That uh, was an easy tap-in this time, but it came from an, an, a sensational outside-of-the-boot cross by Mikacic. Um, I don't know how he got that sh- that pass-off. It probably, I mean, obviously it was defensive errors, but uh, a tap-in for Belfodil, there's no way in this world that he should be open like that for a tap-in like that.
1: Yeah, so for the third time this match, a center-back... Is watching the ball and loses track of their mark. The Stasich is like five, more than five yards away from Belfield at the time that he takes the shot. I mean, there's no excuse for it. Uh, he knows that he's marking Belfield, and you know the shoulder checks are, are just not consistent enough to keep track of people. It's all it is. I mean, the plays happening in sort of the left corner of the field, um, which the Stasich is facing, and then, you know, is off his back and just kind of, like, makes this back post run and slowly drifts off of him. And at the end of the day, it's it's a really easy finish for a player of Belfodil's caliber. It's just far too easy. Um, and once again, if, it, if if that one player, if Nastasic is, is in the right position there, maybe that could stop. That's the whole thing. I mean, it's it's not, like, awful team defending overall, but it's just it, several plays here and there. It's individual mistakes, and those things add up, and suddenly you look at the the scoreline at the end of the day, and you've, you've lost the match, you know while conceding five goals. It's just like, how did this happen? I thought we played better than this, but it's kind of been the story all season long, and uh, I'm just kind of at a loss for words at this point. I mean, it's the same mistakes over and over again, and and nothing seems to be changing. Uh, People just can't stay switched on for a full 90 minutes, and uh, I'm not not optimistic that we're going to get that figured out before the end of the season here, and uh, hopefully teams like Stuttgart, uh, keep being worse than we are. Because, I mean, that was that was the funny thing about this match, right? Like, we lose this match ultimately 5-2, to two, which is a bad loss. And we come out of this week in a better position than we were going into it because Stuttgart lost 6-0 and their goal cool. difference got even worse. I mean, like, you wouldn't yeah. expect that to be the case. You would expect them to make up some ground in some way, even if, you know, they lost or whatever, at least in goal difference, and that didn't happen. But uh, you know, we can't keep banking on people to bail us out because they might not and this thing definitely isn't locked up yet
0: yeah it's only six points at the moment so <laughs> luckily oxford's playing really well at the moment we get to play them um well, do we just play them oh. we, play, we play them coming up All right
1: yeah it's after um dortmund yeah, it's after the Dortmund match, I think.
0: Oh, great! So I'll look up that right now. Oh uh, anyway, so yeah, uh, things it was five goals given up right there. Uh, we didn't, we didn't, we did score a consolation goal. Bergstaller would get a, uh, would get on the board in the 90th minute. Embolo um, with a, like a cheeky pass uh, back yeah. kill, uh that set up um, Bergstaller for the goal. So uh, five two is the final. Uh, is all she wrote. Uh, the scoreline was very deceiving from how we played. I mean, we've said this numerous times, like. Well, some players will make a mistake here and there, but the other teams they take advantage of every single time. It's like you can't afford to make those kind of mistakes when when all the teams they have a killer instinct. As soon as you make it, every time.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you want to look at some of the matches recently where we've conceded a similar goal. Tell like you know like the the minds and the Düsseldorf matches, which were leading up to Tedesco getting sacked. Um, those performances were just bad performances, plain and simple. And this one, despite, you know, five goals being conceded, was not anything like those, and it was very different. But at the same date, you know, at the, at the end of the day, the results are the same, and that's the problem. Um, yeah, so, de- I mean, as, as I've said multiple times already, it was just a strange game. I'm not entirely sure what to, what to take from it. But um, I'm trying to find reasons to be positive at this point in the season. And, and like, what I'll say is that I, I just, I really thought the effort, for the most part, was there from a lot of people, particularly from the likes of... Uh, Bergstaller and in a bolo up front, who I thought worked very very hard, and uh, they combined as you said. It, it was a meaningless goal, you know, in the, in the context of the match, but they combined right at the end for something, and I think that was what they deserved. Honestly, they both worked very hard, yeah, offensively and defensively, and uh, you know they got their award for it at the very end. Uh, you know, and, and and honestly, a lot of times if you score two goals in a match, you're probably in a pretty good position. Um, just the defense yeah. let us down today, so um, yeah. Frustrating, but
0: we, we've, we've given up four goals or more in four games since the start of March. You're not gonna, I mean,
1: yeah, that sounds right.
0: You know, it's we scored two goals, we should be in a position where we either win or, or draw. And we're not even if we score two goals, it seems like other teams are scoring four goals, so yeah, you know, we can't win, we can't, for, can't win for losing,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, it's not gonna get any easier because we have. We have Dortmund next week.
0: Um, derby.
1: And then Augsburg, who's been in good form after that. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, the, the, you know, there's that old cliche, right, about, you know, when it comes to a derby, you, you throw form out the window, which I don't necessarily believe is true. Um, but let's hope that, that that adage does come true for this one and that we're able to pull something off because I, I just don't think anyone sees it happening. But it would be. Yeah, huge. I think I think that would almost lock up um survival in the Bundesliga if that happened.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then if we could somehow get a win and de- make sure someone else doesn't get a title, I'm all for that. But uh, it's some daunting games coming up. You know, this three game slate here. We got obviously the Bavarian Derby, then we got Augsburg after that, then Leverkusen before we end the season with Stuttgart. So. It's going to be hard to. I mean, we need to get. We need to get some points one of those games because, I mean, let's let's take a look at Stuttgart's record going down the, going down the, the slate here. And so their next game is against Gladbach. That's going to be difficult. But then they got Hart at Berlin, Wolfsburg, and then us. So um, we're slightly more difficult schedule, but uh, nothing's guaranteed at this point in the season. So um, the big game obviously coming up is is a Dortmund game, but. Which players do you think did well in this game? I mean, I don't know if anyone in the defense did well. It's hard to say what Nuble did, giving up five goals. Um, it's good to see McKenny Baxter did some things mm-hmm. well. I, I like seeing Jonas, Har- Jonas Carls. Uh, as, you, as you mentioned, the two strikers did really well. Yeah. Mascarel was very quiet in the game for me. He was. And um, Caligiri was interesting. I mean, he, he, he got the goal. He's the leading goal scorer for the team, but... I mean, do you really want your right wing back to be your leading scorer uh, yeah. in the season with five goals? So,
1: I, I think basically everyone on the pitch at one point or another made a mistake worthy of criticism, which is kind of the problem here. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: I, I think Bergstaller and Mbolo were, were excellent. I think their work rate was great. Um, you know, I had some negative moments too, but I think overall they were probably the two people that had the most unimpeachable performances of the day. Um, I thought Serdar was okay at times. Um, McKinney was more quiet than I think where you've become accustomed to seeing him.
0: Yeah. Maybe recently. Because I mean, he's not fully healthy. Maybe that's...
1: Could, the- I mean, could be. I don't know. Uh, he did have the, the second goal, the Crammerch goal. I, I no, actually, I think it was the first one. There was an... Yeah, it was the first one. It was the Belfield goal. There was an argument to be made that he was kind of being lazy there and could have tried to put some pressure on Belfield and just kind of didn't, Was just kind of like... Following the play and never really inserted himself in it But he also had uh, a really nice kind of like side-footed flick in the box Which set up a chance for us and, and was good on aerials as he normally is so he had a decent performance um, Calajuri, you know made some mistakes as well But had some really good set piece delivery and ultimately scored the penalty which was huge uh, And the last person I want to shout out actually is uh, despite you know a couple bad defensive mistakes Salif Sane, I thought, had a very nice game, uh, bringing the ball out of the back.
0: Yes, he did.
1: Which is something I don't think we've really seen from him, much at all this season. It was, you know, you remember a guy like Joel Matip, who used to do that to great effect for us a few seasons ago, and still does that at times for Liverpool.
0: Now do bit randomly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, I mean, if you have a center back that can occasionally take the ball on the dribble, and, and break that first defensive line of pressure, it just opens up the entire field. Yeah, um, We don't get a lot of that regularly, but I thought Sonny did that on multiple occasions and played some nice passes on the backs of those runs, and that was that raised an eyebrow for me and was very positive to see. So hopefully he can keep that going in the near future, but also in tandem with a better defensive performance.
0: No, I, I agree with that. I, I hope we uh, see more of that, and the guys need to figure something out, because uh, we got four games remaining, and we need some points. We need to make sure we, we are not even close to, we can keep that six point gap for a shoot guard game. Yeah. Because we don't know what's going to happen in that game. Uh, but yeah, big Reaver Derby coming up this week. Uh, I, I made a prediction on it on the Shaka form already. Uh, I did not take too kindly to Shaka. I thought we would, uh, lose big. I'll just put it that. Hopefully that's not the case. Yeah. Um, any early predictions for you? It's in a uh, signal I do in the park.
1: Oh, that'll make all the difference. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I expect to lose. I obviously hope not. It's the most important game of the season for us yeah. whenever it happens. Um, but I'm not particularly optimistic about it. And, um, yeah, as I said earlier, it'd be great if we found a way to pull off a result because I don't think you back us to beat Dortmund. I don't think you back us to beat Stuttgart. And, you know, as bad as Augsburg have been this season, three of the last four games have been... Some good performances. They kept it close against Leipzig. They beat Frankfurt, beat Dortmund, and too. then uh, yeah, um, and then they beat they beat Stuttgart, hammered Stuttgart. So for the most part, they've they've been turning it on when it counts late in the season here. So maybe we're running into them at the wrong time, I'm running into a motivated Augsburg side as well. So uh, I'm not really optimistic about any of the matches coming up. I mean, I, I think the Stuttgart match is the one you'd be the most optimistic about, but. Uh, you know, they're going to, they, they might have everything to play for at the end of the season too. So yeah, yeah. You can't count on a bad opponent to, to, to get you the result that you need. We're just going to have to up the performances and find a way to, you know, to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and, and get, get it done.
0: We are going to have to find out some way to do it. And, um, you know, I hope, we, I hope we really do. Uh, it's going to be needed, uh, cause this is our worst season in like 36 years. So. Uh, we do not want to have the same fate that we did in 82 or whatever year it was uh, that, we, that we went down to fight, the Bundesliga because that's a very difficult league as well. So, um, But yeah, big game this weekend. Let's focus on that, River Derby. Uh, if you're in the Atlanta area or in driving distance, you should go to the viewing party uh, that Schalke is hosting. Uh, the game is at 9.30 on a Saturday. You get free breakfast, free giveaways, a meet and greet with Erwin. Uh, bring your friends and family for a fun morning. It's going to be at the, at the uh, house Cafe uh, on 401 Moreland Avenue, Northeast in Atlanta, if, you, uh, if you're familiar with the area. So make sure you're RSVP on the Shaco website. Um, anything else you want to touch up on, Jack, before we close this one out? Free Kittuchu. Free Cattuchu indeed, uh, and on that wonderful note that we should spread throughout the world here, uh, that'll wrap this one up. Uh, we want to thank Schalke, Fox Soccer, for tidbits on our podcast today. You know what? Let's we'll recheck that statement about Fox Soccer because they've been slumming on Schalke uh, replays and highlights lately. So
1: Yeah, they're supposed to be putting up YouTube highlights of all these matches, and I think the last two weeks we have not received one for Schalke, which makes it harder for us to kind of – remember exactly what took place and all the goals and everything, which I guess we're just being lazy, but um, <laughs> I pay enough money to Fox every year for them to be able to supply that for nope. me, so I'm going to write them a strongly worded tweet and see if they care enough about it.
0: Yeah, and so and if if you haven't done so yet to change the subject, uh, make sure you sign up for the Shaka US newsletter simply by going to the team website, entering your email address, and you will receive them monthly um as always jack we do a special shout out to our good dear friends uh nbc for nashville i was uh i'll be i'll be near there uh very soon so maybe i should stop in and say hi no <laughs> yeah thank thank him for all they do for us <laughs> that's right dear friends the show, they do so much for us jack where can our followers find you on twitter j m mangan j
1: m m a wow i can't even say my own twitter j m m a n g a n that's how i spell my last name uh on twitter yeah uh feel free to uh <clears throat> it, it's one big group therapy session on shaka twitter at the moment so yeah. if you feel like you need some support from me for the Shalka fans hop on there and and you know send, send people a tweet we're all we're all on this together
0: yeah absolutely and uh, uh thank you to everyone watching on twitch tonight uh as well we appreciate the the live looking on us and uh if you if you guys are missing out you know check us out but uh our bread and butter is the podcast. So, um, as always, I am your host, Richard Carmen. You can find me on Twitter as well at r underscore K H A R M A N. Until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready. We'll be with you soon. Remember, wir lieben And shus. Freaky Tutu. Freaky